Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Christmas is finally behind us, but are you dreading those credit card bills headed your way? Well, here's a pro tip. Don't get stuck making minimum payments in the new year. Savewithconrad.com can help you get rid of your credit card debt just like that. Oh, and we're going to get you the best deal on a mortgage you've ever had. But how's this for starters? No payments until March. You don't need money out of your pocket or perfect credit. So find out how much money you can save for free right now at savewithconrad.com. Welcome. Do something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard. Well, you know. That's not a rib. She pooted. Let her rip. No, you have a big There's no box of gimmicks. Rumor and innuendo. I don't deal in rumor and innuendo. It, it, it. Was he there? I was there. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I ain't scared. I ain't scared to shut him. Thank you, Bruce. Ah, Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Bruce, what's going on, man? How are you? You're damn right it is. As a matter of fact, I'm fucking great is how I am. How are you? 
Man, weigh-ins are good, and I'm so excited to hook up with you. I've been looking forward to this topic for a long, long time. Royal Rumble 2002 is our topic. Uh, we're uh, a little behind schedule this week. Apologize for the delay, but I think this episode is going to be worth it, man. There's so much fun stuff happening in the company in this era. And as a reminder, we're broadcasting from the Blue Chew Studios. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code Wrestle at checkout. Just pay five dollars shipping. Um, Bruce, we're coming off Vengeance 2001, where we see a new hardcore champion in The Undertaker and a new undisputed champion in Chris Jericho. Are you excited to have a, a new fresh face, you know, a heel like Jericho at the time in the top spot? I mean, it feels like for years it was pretty crowded with the same cast of characters. And now Jericho's a made man. Absolutely hated it. Really? But I, well, yeah, I did. Uh, at first, but I love, I, I hated the idea at first, but I loved, I loved the new face. Yes. So I liked the, the idea of just one face and everything. I was like, ah, you know what, man, I'm, 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 I'm not feeling it, but yet I was feeling it in my head though. I thought, okay, we're, we're going to go, we're going to go back and, and we're going to go backwards. I thought we were going forward with Chris and I really like Chris being the, uh, the first one because I don't think anybody was going to call that. So to your point, yes, I did, man. I like the freshness of it, but at first my initial, my initial response was, uh, but then I warmed up to it a lot. Were you concerned that fans might not buy him as the top guy? Considering the rock's still here, Austin's still here. And we're just a few weeks away from triple H's return after that long absence. Initially, but then man, he beat rock and Austin in the same match. So, you know, that, that endorsement in and of itself, I think made it, made it acceptable because you saw it and, and Jericho had the bragging rights to say that. So you made the instant credibility there by the way that we did it. It's interesting to me because if you go back and look at footage from this era, man, triple H has returned to the company. It feels like the primary focus and it feels less about, we're trying to make our new champion and more about, Hey, triple H is coming back. Uh, and I know that you're trying to, you know, you can't just make one guy, you know, everybody's got to have their spot and everybody's got to have their moment in the sun, if you will. Uh, but in hindsight, was Jericho's win here, maybe at the worst possible time, since, you know, you've got to make a big deal about triple H coming back. No, I don't think so at all. I think that to the contrary, I think that it made you kind of go, oh my God, when triple H comes back, that's another new fresh matchup. Yeah. So you're excited about it. And you know, I, I don't think we were singularly focused at all with triple H coming back. I like the fact that we had, we were making new guys in Jericho and making new, it felt fresh. It felt good. Again, Hunter had been gone for a while. Jericho's the new guy. To me, it felt fresh and different. It's uh, an interesting time for the company. There's a lot of momentum. You finally got rid of the, uh, I guess what's dead weight at this point, the WCW brand, the whole, uh, invasion thing is a failed experiment. Now we're getting into our prime WWF season, that whole rumble to WrestleMania season internally. I wonder when do you feel like, Hey man, we got to kick it into high gear. Does that happen before the rumble or after the rumble as fans, 
it happens in our mind, like the week of the rumble from there through mania, that's like a championship season. If you will, if, if wrestling had such a thing, I think it's before the rumble because you're building up to, to me, the rumble is the kickoff. So the build up to the rumble is just as important creatively because your build up to the rumble is really the start of your build up to WrestleMania. And in that regard, man, you know, rumble, that's, that's the first one of the season to me, the, the middle, your February show, or maybe if you're March show, if you're going to go in April were, I hate to say less than, but to me, they, it was, it was rumble the mania really. And, and it's evolved since then, but at the time it's, it's rumble the mania. Uh, let's, um, keep it going and talk about what happens right after vengeance raw is going to open with a promo duel between Ric Flair and Jericho. And then the undertaker is going to destroy, uh, spike Dudley in a hardcore title match where we see a choke slam over the top rope onto the floor. My gosh, what a bump spike Dudley, man. He was just a, a human dart for you guys at times. Was he not spike Dudley was Gumby. As um, Spike, you know, you you add on to that the attitude of Spike Dudley of it, it was almost nonchalant. It was yeah. What do you need? Sure. Uh, yeah, and and it wasn't it wasn't even a negotiation or anything else. It was a guy that was uniquely qualified and really willing to do some crazy things in spike. So it wasn't, Hey man, you think you get spike to do this? It's like you could lay it out to spike and he would just expect it, but he did some really insane things and was an absolute joy to work with. On the same show, we see Vince McMahon and Booker T they're uh, shown together in a sky box. Was Vince already invested? and making sure that Booker got over. When do you think Vince was really sold on Booker's going to be one of my primetime players? You know, I think that Booker from day one, in a lot of respects, maybe because Booker was the last WCW champion. Maybe I think in the, in the whole, when you look at WCW and you look at the, that in its whole, Booker was the only star that really came in at the time. And Booker was the guy that stood out and said, man, I'm not going to be denied. Let's go, motherfuckers. So I think that everyone recognized that and recognized that he's the guy. And was, you know, Booker was on top pretty much his entire run. Uh, the Hardy split continues as Matt is going to take on Lita and Jeff in a handicap match. Uh, and then, uh, Jericho would go over Austin in a steel cage match the next night to retain the title and Booker gets to play Terry Gordy and slam uh, the door. Sorry. I'm sorry. I got it. I got to interrupt you. Okay. So during this time, and this is, this is a nod to Brian Gewertz. So, you know, we had WWF New York at the time which was the, uh, the restaurant and, and really cool merchandise store in Times Square. And we used to send talent there. 
on Sundays that would host, you know, a, a heat party or something like that. And you're just talking about Matt and Lita and all this stuff. And, and there was a question and alcohol was served. Okay. And the host that night was uh, none other than our good, close, dear personal friend, Michael P.S. Hayes. And somebody raised their hand and they said, uh, hey, Michael, uh, how tough is Lita? Because she's tough, man. You saw all the things that Lita did and, and like Lita could do everything. And Michael, uh, this is Gordon Brian Gewertz. And Brian, I know I'm going to screw this up. But apparently Michael, who had, had had a feud, stood up and says, well, I don't know. Maybe you should ask Matt Hardy how tough is Lita. And Michael did it in a way that was probably inappropriate for children in the audience that were there having dinner with their parents and, and things of that nature. But it was every time that Lita's name uh, was mentioned about like doing some of the crazy things that Lita did at that time is how tough is Lita? And it's just Lita was tough. Maybe you had to be there. It was much, it was much, <laughs> <laughs> it was much funnier at the fucking time. It was still, it's still a throwback that we go to, you know, this thing. Well, I tell you, you stupid little eight-year-old kid, why are you even in here? I'm drinking. Fuck you and your parents bringing you in here, by God. Okay, just go on to the next question. <laughs> oh, no. I, I love this version of Bruce Pritchard. When he gets up and he's had some five-hour energy, we know we're going to have a good show. Um, anyway, Jericho, Austin, Steel Cage. That's a new thing for me because I'm not doing any Diet Coke. I'm not doing it, Conrad. I'm drinking water. I am too. But I got my, huh? I'm doing water too. I know, man. See, don't you feel much better? I sleep better. That's for sure. Okay. Well, see now in the morning here and okay. Don't remind me that it's not really the morning, but in my morning, I, I have my recovery drink. Cause I worked out. I've been working out. I've been working out hard in the gym. Connie, what are you doing? Been working out hard in the damn gym. Got a trainer. I'm doing it. I'm kicking it, man. I'm down. You know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're going to like this too. Okay. I'm down to those skinny jeans that when I lost all that weight after that last heart attack that you looked at me and you said, Bruce, you need to invest in some new jeans. <laughs> <laughs> the 1980 shit ain't working anymore. You've you had some well, stonewashed you mom man. jeans. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to, uh, uh, no, the mom jeans, dude. Yeah. They're, they're too big now. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I'm in, I'm in the other shit that like, but, but you will be proud of me. You will be proud of me. I, I did throw out, uh, I sent to Goodwill. Somebody can use them. I sent to Goodwill, uh, a pair of acid washed, <laughs> black jeans that were really big in the legs and everything. And then, and when I like took them out of the closet, my wife was even like, yeah, no, that, that goes, um, but my skinny, like I, my Tommy Hilfiger's and my Calvin Klein's and, and, and shit like that. Yeah, dude, that's because I've been working out. I've taken my recovery, my purple recovery drink right here. I got it in a glass and I pour my four hour energy in it. Cause it's all grape and purple anyway. So, I mean, what does it matter? And yeah, so I'm feeling good. 
See, I had a little tiny. I get one little tiny Diet Pepsi a day. That's oh, my breakfast. Not the not the full twelve ounce can, but like the little pony cans that seven you seven and a half ounce ounce. Yeah. So we hold it, and it feels like we're Andre, but really it's just a tiny yeah. can. I got you exactly. Well, you think of, I mean, it's like everybody at the office goes, man, I, I would drink, you know, 11 diet Cokes before six. And then I would have, you know, a few more through the night, but yeah, one, I'm one and I'm one fire at five hour energy and that's it. I'm good for the day in the night, but you're getting me on the fucking, on the, on the, up, on the uptick here right now. Is your, that's uh, how I'm rolling. is your trainer, Simon Dean? He is not. I got a real trainer. Is it Brockus? I got a good trainer. Huh? Is it Brockus? Nope. Nope. His name is Mike and he's a good guy and he's a hell of a trainer. And he, uh, I did one legged squats today. Motherfucker. <laughs> and I just blew my nose on air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One legged squats today. Motherfucker. Let's take a time out here. And while we normally have a lot of fun on this show, this is a pretty serious topic, life insurance, specifically Goliath life insurance. Let me give you a pro tip. We're all going to die. So before you get a visit from the undertaker, think just for a second about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow with life insurance from GoliathLife.com, What we're really talking about is protecting what you've worked so hard to provide for both you and more importantly, your family. You see, life insurance isn't about you. It's about those who matter the most to you. Sure. You do a great job taking care of them now, but who would do that? If something awful happened to you, I just lost two friends in the last year and a half, one forty-two with two kids, the other 46 who left behind a wife and three kids. Thank God they had insurance and Hey, I hear you. Nobody wants to think or talk about life insurance, but think about this. You might not get in a car accident but you have auto insurance. You might not get sick, but you have health insurance. So we'll protect our car and we'll even protect ourselves from like crazy medical bills. But will we protect our family? That's what life insurance means to me. Peace of mind. Goliathlife.com streamlines the life insurance purchase process by allowing you to get quotes from more than 20 carriers all at the same time. And at the same place, Goliathlife.com. You'll do a fast and easy application and have multiple quotes within minutes. And oh, by the way, goliathlife.com has solutions for every budget. And maybe best of all, you pick your terms and payments at goliathlife.com. Once you pick your price, you can start the online application immediately and check this out. You can even schedule the medical exam to happen in your home. You don't even have to leave the house to do this. And yes, I have done this. They sent someone to my office. It was fast. It was easy. And it was unlike anything I expected. I got to skip the phone calls, the paperwork and the crazy invasive conversations, and even the multiple visits to the doctor's office that we all hate so much. Goliathlife.com makes buying life insurance simple. Goliathlife.com promises no hidden fees, no upsell, no hassle, hell, not even a phone call. Goliathlife.com is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home. And begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at goliathlife.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. 
Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. I got to tell you, this is the way we should record pods from now on. I'm going to hit you up about noon on Sunday from now on. And if this is what we're going to get every week, I mean, I'm for it. Well, there, see, there you go. There are some good things. Uh Oh, oh shit. Something happened. Stop that. Stop that. No. What's happening? Doing something. Okay. Um, can we do the pod? Yeah. Can you do a one legged squat? I mean, I guess I could try. Don't do it. They're hard. It's taken me three months worth of training now to, to be able to even attempt it. It sounds, it sounds challenging. It sucks. It hurts. <laughs> yeah. I did 30 of them today. Oh, wow. Good for you. Each leg. So can we talk about, uh, the cage match with Jericho and Austin? You reckon they had a cage match. They did on raw here. And, oh, uh, okay. I thought we were talking about the rumble. Booker's going to slam the door on Austin to help Jericho get the win. Uh, and this is, uh, what leads to the classic Austin Booker T grocery store angle on SmackDown. I'm sure you've got a story about this. You got to tell us about it. <laughs> the story about this, I cannot repeat in public, but you talk about, uh, a shitload of fun with the Austin and Booker, the, the whole, just the whole scenario. Remember the confessional? With, yeah. with those guys on the build up where, you know, Booker goes in the confessional and then there was a, a, a very attractive young lady that went in the confessional that, that Booker listened to. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was all those things of being able to sit around and think of some of the most outlandish, uh, scenarios to put people in and then just do it. And it's kind of like, oh, hey, man, wouldn't it be good if uh, this beautiful woman comes in and starts confessing and Booker's like listening and, you know, so, so, so tell me more <laughs> and, and, and what'd you do then? And, and it, we put it on television and it was great. And then the grocery store match to me, is just like a, a classic all I'm clean up on aisle 316. I mean, that's good shit. Milk and flour and cookies and well, you know, you, frozen you, hams. You did what us, more could you ask for? You did us wrong there. And he said, I can't tell you the story on air. So you got, I mean, you got to tell us something here. I, 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 I can't. It was, it was too much fun. But it was, it was just the, some of the outtakes and some of the, just, um, the whole scenario of the grocery store match and the confessionals was 100% collaborative with, with talent and with crew, you know, being there and, and somebody saying, Oh, Hey, look at this. What if we did that? And that was probably Vince at, at his, at his best where you just throw him into a situation and an environment and you go. I don't know and that Vince you, produced that Vince was out there doing most of that shit. And it was, I thought it was awesome. I don't know that you know this, but, uh, you know, they're using the flour and all that in the grocery store. And there was a theory for years that 
I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but this is real. A lot of wrestling fans online believe that Booker T's penis came out of his pants during this match. What? Yes, it's real. Uh, and I can't believe we're even addressing it, but apparently the reality was Austin had his elbow in that area. And so most of Booker's covered in flour, but there's a portion that's not covered in flour. And as it's flying by it, a lot of people are like, oh, that's Booker T's gimmick. And it wasn't, but there was a theory up until a few years ago that yeah, Booker T's wing was uh, out on aisle three. I've, uh, never heard that. So you said, uh, Vince McMahon produced it. You, you got So you were saying, uh, Vince McMahon helped produce the grocery store fight. Uh, what can you Absolutely. tell us? What was his, uh, instruction sounded like that day? Do you think? God damn pal. Let's have some fun. Booker, is that your penis? No, I've never heard that. <laughs> I have never heard that. Dude, ever. throw it in your Google machine right now. Just type oh, in well, I, uh, Booker T uh, penis grocery store. <laughs> It'll be everywhere. Uh, hang on. I, how do I get back to that thing? Just Google. How do you get to Google? <laughs> uh, uh, what, uh, what now am I Googling? Booker T penis grocery store. Dude, I can't even believe that would be in my search. <laughs> I was wanting to see if you'd really do it. Yes. It's everywhere. Look, there's a whole theory, dude. And we're finally talking about it. And people have broke this down more than they did the JFK film, dude. <laughs> it's just the line from his elbow. Like. It's clearly just Austin, but man, people really wanted it to be something else. Yeah. I mean, it's a mark in his elbow thingy. <sighs> how, how could he's wearing pants? Well, they thought it came out somehow. Clearly it didn't. It's just where there was flour on his pants. And then there's a, a mark where there's no flour. And that's where Austin's arm just was. For anybody that ever subscribed to this theory, um, <laughs> you have way too much conspiracy on your hands. Somebody was, uh, having some of those left-handed cigarettes and watching the show and started like pointing at the TV, like Leonardo DiCaprio in that meme. Wait, that's his penis right there. I can see it there. <laughs> Wrestling is weird, dude. Hey guys, are you looking for the perfect father's day gift idea? I was, and I found it at paint your life with paint your life. You'll get a hand painted portrait created to fit almost any budget. And it's a great gift idea for your mother, your father, or both. You see paint your life, transform your photos into a one of a kind hand painted portrait done by professional artists. You can upload photos of anything you can imagine. You choose the artists and the art medium. They've even got great frames. It all takes less than five minutes to get started and you can get your portrait in as little as two weeks. You can give the most meaningful gift you've ever given at paintyourlife.com. And there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now is a limited time offer. Get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, just text the word WRESTLE to 87204. That's WRESTLE to 87204. Text WRESTLE to 87204. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. 
Message and data rates may apply. See paintyourlife.com slash terms for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tell me about the shoot. God damn it. You don't have to give me the wow. one story you won't give me, but you can give me something. Crazy. How much did it cost? What do you think it spent? Was the grocery store owner pissed? Was Vince happy that Austin and Booker have fun? Oh, did- God, I think everybody was ecstatic. I think the, the grocery store guy was ecstatic because we cleaned his grocery store for him. Yeah. Bought a lot of groceries. A lot. <laughs> Yeah, it was a hell of a bill. I think everybody was ecstatic with it because it was one of those. It was kind of a a, a minute in some ways idea that became, I think, in in so many ways, classic. You know, that's a classic moment in WWE time. The grocery store fight with Stephen Booker. It's a, it's a classic moment for sure. Uh, in, in a moment like that, where the guys are just totally doused in groceries, is there an opportunity? Is there a, were they able to shower there or do they have to ride back to their hotel covered in milk and flour? Came back to the building. Crazy. They don't have showers at grocery stores. I, some of them might have a home Depot. The show. Okay. Listen to you. <laughs> Uh, God damn, I'm gonna do this fucking rain shower over here. Hey, Buck, y'all trying to some bitch out? Nah, man, I'm good with the thing. It's got extra. I took the thing out of it, so I got extra pressure. There was a Russian over there selling shower heads. <coughs> Fuck groceries. Grocery stores ain't got showers, Conrad. <laughs> well, I didn't know if the owner had one. Ain't no owner. What? The owner in the middle of the day is going to be there. Like, oh, well, I've been grocery and all day. I'm going to take a shower. A lot of no, fun. man. Grocery store owners go home to bathe. <laughs> <Everybody knows> this. <laughs> Dude, I, I live next door to uh, the, the food king guy that owned the food king. And, oh, here. God, this let, me, is let, weird. let me ask you this. Does Vince McMahon have a shower at WWE HQ? In the gym? Yeah. But I know wrestling company owners don't have showers. Wrestling it's company in, owners go gym. home. They go home there's to shit in there. How do we know what's going to be a gym and there's showers in the gym. So okay, there was- here's the thing. You want to hear something weird? I'm ready. Okay. So in, when I lived in league city, Texas, God bless Texas. Uh, I lived next door to, uh, the food King guy that owned the food King. In like, I think it was in Dickinson, Texas. Okay. Okay. So like when we had, uh, the, the bad weather and shit, we'd have hurricanes. That motherfucker always had food. He'd bring home from the grocery store because he had grocery store. Then when I moved to Connecticut, the dude that owned this very house that I'm sitting in yeah, was like a supermarket King. Oh, that's right. And own like fucking supermarkets all over the place. So I, look, I think I know a little bit about fucking people that own supermarkets. They ain't got showers at the supermarket. They come home. 
Let's talk. I, can tell, I can tell you that some bitch that had this house right here, he's got a hell of a shower. I, my shower will fucking take anything off of you. Mustard. What you had? Flour, mu- you had mustard on you recently. You ain't never had mustard on you. How did you get mustard on you? Eating a sandwich. Oh, and it, and it fell on your person, your physical body. Oh, we got on my hand, got on my face. Okay. All right. So you got in the shower to wash your hands. Well, I was going in. Everybody showers after a goddamn mustard sandwich. Is that all that was on the sandwich? Just bread and mustard. Had a little Turkey on there. Oh, I was fixing to say, buddy, that, that explains a lot of WWE creative. If you're up there eating mustard sandwiches, like so you're in the, don't some knock weird. it till you try it. <laughs> so I've, uh, had, I've had mustard and tomato sandwiches. Well, that's, mustard that's and tomato. That's it. That's cause you grew up in the South. Well, yeah, I, I'm almost, uh, sad. We have to switch gears here because we're having oh, fun, hell. but I do want to mention some news happened. Unfortunately. Russ Haas passed away from a heart attack while he's down at HWA. He's only 27 years old. We recently spoke to uh, Charlie Haas, Russ's brother and tag team partner on the Kurt Angle show. Uh, so check the archives for that. If you'd like to hear more about that, but how shocking is this to hear that a 27 year old passed away here, uh, from a heart attack. What were the plans for the Haas brothers? I mean, what can you tell us about this? Well, I, eventually we were going to bring them in as a tag team and you know russ and charlie um were special they they were special i think they were um because they were good friends jerry briscoe i became friends with them and they had a lot of talent but they also had a great bit of desire a great deal of desire that they wanted to succeed and they were uh, great wrestlers. Where the hell did they go to college? Um, oh shit. A hell of a wrestling college, uh, up here somewhere, but I just, I, I liked the hell out of them and they were both really great guys. And so, yeah, it was shocking. It's shocking when someone goes to that age. Uh, unfortunately I think it ran in the family and it was, you know, hereditary, but it was, it, it just sucks. Anybody that, goes that young. And then especially someone that goes that young that, you know, and that you really like. And Russ was one of those really likable, good, just deep down, good human beings. And, uh, you know, every time that, that Charlie would go out and work after that, I remember just, you know, Charlie and Jerry, uh, Charlie had Russ on his, on his tape and just, that was our way of, of, you know, have a good match. And, um, yeah, it sucked. I, I went to the funeral and, um, it was a very sad time because you, you never want to go to a funeral where there's a lot of young people there Yeah. because you look around and you just say, you know, this, this was a tragedy because I don't think young people should die from things. I, I hate, I hate when anybody dies, but, um, someone with their entire life ahead of them was sad and, uh, and yeah, just sucked. Uh, the hospital boys were from Oklahoma, but the college you were trying to think of is Seton hall, Seton hall. Yes. And, uh, Russ was living in Houston at the time and their, their family was there. So. 
Look, we're all adults here, and some of us choose to use nicotine to relax, focus, or just unwind after a long day. Lucy Nicotine is a company that was created to help nicotine users find a cleaner option and feel better about the ways they consume nicotine. Their latest product is Slim Nicotine Pouches, which contain pure synthetic nicotine and provide the same satisfaction that nicotine users expect without any tobacco at all. Lucy Slim Pouches use the newest technology for synthesizing pure nicotine in the lab, none of the tobacco, and all of the nicotine satisfaction. Lucy Slim Pouches include both coconut oil and gum base to provide a soft, fluffy texture that enhances the flavor and doesn't dry out your mouth. They come in three strengths, 4, 8, and 12 milligrams, and they have three exclusive and delicious flavors, spearmint, mango, and cool cider. This has been a game changer for some folks in my life who have found now a cleaner way to get their nicotine fix. Prior to this, man, everything in their life was determined by, well, you know, we had to figure out whose car we were taking, what restaurants we could go to, what hotels we would stay at. Not anymore. Slim nicotine pouches have been a game changer. It's 2021. Don't compromise when you're choosing your nicotine products. Go with the newest tobacco-free options from Lucy. Something to wrestle with, listeners. Go to lucy.co and use promo code WRESTLE to get 20% off your order of Lucy Slim Pouches or any other Lucy products. That's lucy.co and use the promo code WRESTLE at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains non-tobacco nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code wrestle all right so here's the deal you know bruce pritchard hadn't been with us for a few weeks but uh that means he's also not keeping up with what i'm saying on the program so let me just state in a loud and clear voice ginger is the official dog of something to wrestle is certainly not roger or dodger okay all kidding aside if you have a pet they're a part of the family and fuzzy knows that nothing compares to coming home to a wiggly butt or waking up to soft purrs And we want to keep our pets healthy and make them as happy as they make us. Being a pet parent is a huge responsibility. As our pets can't talk, we do our best to understand what's going on. But man, knowing something's up with them or their health and not understanding why is one of the greatest challenges of pet parenthood. Until now. Until Fuzzy. Fuzzy is a telehealth service for pet parents that offers 24-7 access to personalized pet care from veterinary professionals. From everyday questions to middle-of-the-night emergencies, Fuzzy has the answers that pet parents need. Through live chat and virtual vet consultations available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Fuzzy can answer your pet questions, big and small, urgent and every day. Fuzzy can also recommend the exact right products for your pet, all of which are handpicked by their established team of veterinary professionals and available at discounts exclusive to Fuzzy members. From getting your pet's diet just right, to meeting those middle-of-the-night needs, to finally figuring out what makes their breath smell that way, there's nothing too big or small for a quick fuzzy call. Right now, Fuzzy is offering our listeners a free seven-day trial, plus $20 off your first purchase of vet-recommended pet meds, supplements, treatments, and more. Go to yourfuzzy.com and use promo code WRESTLE to get started. There's a free seven-day trial plus $20 off your first purchase at Y-O-U-R-F-U-Z-Z-Y.com using promo code WRESTLE. That's yourfuzzy.com, promo code WRESTLE. Okay, so it's new year, new me, and all that jazz, but I want to tell you about something that our friend of the show, Eric Bischoff, has been telling me about for years. 
It's Kratom. Now, I have to admit, I had no idea what in the world Kratom was until a few years ago, but it turns out I'm way behind. You see, Kratom is an all-natural herb related to the coffee plant that's been used in Thailand for centuries. Kratom helps energize your mind and relax your body. A lot of people say, it just helps me feel good. That has certainly been the way Eric Bischoff approaches it. Eric Bischoff actually uses this a lot of times before we record 83 weeks. Now, what I'm talking about, of course, is Super Speciosa. Super Speciosa only has one ingredient, pure kratom leaf. And here's what we're talking about. This is going to allow you to focus. It certainly helps Eric focus whenever we're talking about granular details from 25 or 30 years ago. It gives him the opportunity to focus. A great friend of the show, Cassio Kid, he uses Kratom to relax. Uh, he thinks Kratom is a, a great alternative when he's looking to wind down at the end of the day. People use Super Speciosa for a lot of different reasons, but here's a few other ideas that you might find a need for Super Speciosa. Maybe you're looking for, I don't know, the extra courage to ask that special someone out on a date. Maybe you need the gumption to go ask your boss for a raise. Maybe you need to run that extra mile. Kratom is often used as a pre-workout, and we recommend Super Speciosa. For beginners, we recommend capsules because they're easier to use. We also recommend the green strains. They are the most popular. By the way, I want to mention if you've never tried Kratom before, Super Speciosa has a 100% satisfaction or your money back guarantee. We've recently made a change at Super Speciosa as well. The code I'm about to give you can be used again and again, and you're going to be able to use this code to continue to save money. How much money? Well, check this out. Try Kratom right now and get 20% off. Go to superleaf.com forward slash wrestle and get 20% off with the promo code wrestle. That's get superleaf.com forward slash wrestle and use the promo code wrestle for 20% off. You got to go check out Super Speciosa. I want to mention these statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. But, buddy, they've been using Kratom for centuries in Thailand. And it's about time you did. And we recommend Super Speciosa at GetSuperLeaf.com forward slash wrestle. Let's talk about uh, Andrew McManus. Him and the World Wrestling All-Stars are announcing a pay-per-view in the United States for late February. What would uh, the WWE or Vince McMahon's opinion have been of, hey, there's this new promoter from... uh, you know, he's putting together all these, I guess, stars, if you will. I mean, they're no longer under WWE. He was the first real hint that there was going to be some competition. And this is predating TNA and all that. Jeff Jarrett and I broke it down, but you know, flirting with macho man and some of the other names, what'd you think of this concept of, Hey, maybe there's a new league coming. Never heard of it. righty. Yeah. I, I, I seriously never heard of it. So who before- the hell is Andrew McManus? Well, you don't remember World Wrestling All-Stars at all? Like Jeff Jarrett, Macho Man, none of that rings a bell? No. Okay. Before Raw begins on the 17th of December here, there's a dark match between Perry Saturn and Brian Gamble that's covered in The Observer. Uh, Here's why it's covered. They're in the ring having a match, and all of a sudden, Gamble stopped selling, and in the ring, kept saying it was his hometown, and he had to win the match. He wouldn't go off of his feet, and twice double-crossed Saturn on spots and kicked him in the head. Saturn's eye was bleeding and Saturn took him down to calm him down. 
Saturn had to muscle him into his finisher where gamble at first wasn't cooperative and then gamble wouldn't tap. Finally, gamble couldn't get out and tapped backstage. A lot of people recognized something was wrong. Vince was said to be furious. Gerald Briscoe asked gamble what happened and gamble said he had family and all his friends there and he couldn't get beat. Vince thought he was nuts and wanted him out of the place. Saturn made mention of the match with Mike bell and told gamble to look up what happened to him and told him that he's lucky that that happened first. Gamble then responded that Saturn was the one who was lucky because he would have sent him to the emergency room. And then Earl Hebner finally got gamble thrown out of the building. What the holy hell is this? Do you remember this nonsense? I very vaguely, and it, you know, it's kind of one of those silly things where good God folks, Hey, a newsflash, we're in an entertainment company. What you do out there, th- th- this isn't real. And if your family doesn't understand, um, then maybe you should smarten them up and let them know you're an entertainer and that you're going out there and you're enter- trying to entertain people and that this isn't real. So, um, bummer. And don't you think that would have been something that he should have brought up long before he got out into the ring? I think so. Lance storm, uh, gets a win over the rock on, yeah, I think uh, anybody with, with logic or sense would think so. Yeah. Lance would, uh, get a win over the rock on raw by count out when test is uh, interfering, trying to earn his job. And, uh, I'm, I'm curious in hindsight, do you think Vince was trying to get a program going with test and rock here? It felt like test was a favorite of Vince's and he tried a few times to see what he could get out of it. And ultimately it kind of was what it was. It was what it was. And you know, Hey man, Andrew was a big good looking bastard that had the tools that if you looked at him, first of all, he stood out in the crowd cause he was tall Yeah, and, and had a good, you know, decent look about him. So there were many attempts that you, that we tried and that you would think that test could have stood out. And I don't know necessarily that, um, the test was going to go any further than he did. That just, that just is the case. Sometimes you reach a plateau and in your plateau. Raw it in with flair as the referee and Vince at ringside for Jericho versus Rob Van Dam for the title. Of course, flair is probably not the best referee we ever saw, but Vince pulls flair out of the ring when RVD has the match one and it turns into flair, putting the figure four on Vince and uh, RVD putting the figure four on Jericho. Meltzer would write Jericho was tapping like crazy for RVD, but Vince wasn't tapping at all. Why was I not surprised by that? So Dave speculating that it was intentional. Uh, at this point, did you know, like right after vengeance, we're going to build a flair and Vince at the rumble because the way flair tells it when he comes into the work for the company, oh, you're not going to wrestle matches. We're not going to have you wrestling. You're just going to be an on-air commissioner, an on-air figure, and I'll be damned. Uh, he's going to be wrestling Vince at the rumble. When did you know? Kind of probably around this time. That was the intention for Rick to come in and, and, uh, Rick, you're going to be an authority figure and that's it, man. You don't have to work no more bumps, no more any of that. And, um, uh, uh-huh. And then next thing you know, goddamn, it's Rick flair. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, and then Vince and, um, 
just kind of fell into place, if you will. And, I mean, you know, shit, you know, talking about Vince tapping and shit. Vince, again, not being a worker, he's not going to tap. He's screaming his head off selling the fucking hold and shit. There's not a referee in there to break it. So, um, it was fun. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, Rick, because, shit, what were we? Uh, just a few months into this gig with Rick when it's like, yeah, you're not. Well, can you have one match? It's not a real match. It's with Vince. You could do this. Fast forward a few years. <laughs> Is that a Vince idea, do you think? Or does somebody bring it to him and say, hey, you know, because at this point, Vince has had in-ring matches before. And since they're sort of feuding as co-owners, hey, what if does somebody else present that? Or is that a Vince idea? Best I think it was an overall creative idea with Vince and with everybody from the standpoint of what do you, what do, you do with this rivalry? Yeah. And it, it just logically led itself there. So there's a lot of talent coming off of the invasion that are just sort of floating around. How are decisions made on who comes back and in what spot and all that? I mean, is it really as simple as here's a list of baby faces? Here's a list of heels. Or what does it look like when you've really probably got a bloated roster at that point, right after the invasion? And maybe there's not enough TV time to get everybody featured. And I, and I don't know if there's enough creative energy to support everybody. And, you know, that comes into play from the standpoint of what do you do with them? And not everybody stood out. Not everybody was going to be a star. And right. I think there was hope for some of the younger talent, the Jindrax of the world. And, um, it just didn't, it just didn't pan out. So I bring all that up because all of a sudden the big boss man who's been gone off of TV since all the way back in November of 2000, uh, he's going to attack Austin to help Booker defeat him on SmackDown in a first blood match. Why is a uh, big Ray trailer getting the nod here? I just think it was timing and just kind of looking at someone, you know, I, in bringing, in bringing boss man back and I'll, I'll go back to what we've talked about before the whole, um, survivor series deal with Austin and, and rock and Shane and big boss, man, where the hell was he? I don't know. I don't know that boss man coming back that run was it wasn't the big boss man you know what i mean mm -hmm. it wasn't that guy that that hungry guy that uh that snapping his step he was still a damn good worker ray trailer was a damn good worker and you think of the way that ray came into the business as like a bodyguard for dusty and he was just an attraction and just kind of a an added too, but big bastard that, that could go. And Big Boss Man was the first gimmick that he had where he worked. And it just, I think that it, it had worn off by this time. So the brand split is coming, but it sounds like it keeps getting pushed back. According to the Observer, the original plan for the brand split was January 7th at Madison Square Garden. We know that's where Hunter's going to wind up coming back, but. It feels like there's not really enough structure to do it yet. Was this concept of a brand split a stop and start for a long while before it actually happened, Bruce? I think it was 
in many ways, it was more of a conversation in the very beginning and looking at, looking at a way, how do you make it work? Yeah. And, um, sometimes when you look at how do you make something work? It's like, well, you know what? Start it and work it out. But then that just kind of got moved and moved because, well, if we do it now, it affects this or it affects that shit like that. A few weeks before the rumble, there's still really no card announced just that Royal rumble tickets are on sale and nearly 10,000 tickets are sold $682,000 at the gate. And, uh, it looks like it's going to be a huge success when you haven't really even announced anything yet. Let's talk about something else here that, uh, well, timing undertaker completely squashes Matt, Jeff, and Lita, uh, in back-to-back raw and SmackDown episodes. And it's written in the observer that this pair, uh, the Hardys are going to be written off TV due to some issues. Quote, there've been some problems with Jeff of late, which came to a head when he missed San Jose on December 8th. He's also been late for a few shows. His performance hasn't been at nearly the level it used to be, which was bound to happen, happen given all the crazy bumps from the high heights he's taken over the years. Then the Matt versus Jeff match of the pay-per-view was a flop in the eyes of most. And after the raw handicap match, Vince decided to kill the feud and Vince sat down all three to explain the situation. Vince explained he was taking time, taking them off TV to give them a chance to breathe. What do you remember about this? Was this demons or was this just, Hey man, they're hurting and they've maybe been overexposed and they need to go learn a new hole, take a deep breath and whatnot. It was definitely time for a rest. And unfortunately, yes, demons rear their ugly head at the most inopportune times. Yeah. And sometimes when, you know, you're in something and things are going well, maybe you lean on your demons a little more. Yeah. And I think that was all coming to a head. And unfortunately it affected all three people. So when you look at that, one needs to take a break and, and really, you know, rest and, and deal with issues. And maybe the, the, the rest need that time to just freshen up. And maybe, you know, ab- absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yep. That's why my wife is so fond of me when I'm gone. <laughs> I wanted to ask, you know, from a creative standpoint, is that the bane of your existence? I mean, that your chief frustration where you have plans laid out and it feels like we've got an idea and we've got a program, we've got all this effort put into this. And then you find out, Hey, some of those pieces are off the board now, because it's not like when somebody goes down, it just affects that one segment, right? It it affects everything on the show. Everything has to be reshuffled. It's it's the domino falling theory that once one falls and it goes, and then you have avenues where they meet at the Y and everything else goes down from there. So yeah, it's very frustrating because you're not just, it just doesn't affect that story. It affects everything else because now you have a void. Um, uh, that's part of life. When someone can't control their, their personal demons, um, I liken, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little different. I liken that to a sickness, which I guess it is that, you need to go away and, and get healthy and, and help control things. So 
unfortunately, it, it's a part of our business and it's a part of, I think it's a part of life in general. Same thing with a guy in, in the company. You've had this, you know, in, in, in a mortgage company where someone maybe can't control their drinking or they can't control their demons and they've got uh, other things that make, that help them go. Yeah. But sometimes you got to say, look, man, I've got a talent here. I've got a really good broker here that I, that I know is, is good when he's good. Yeah. But when he's bad, he's really bad. You don't want to cut it off. You want to go, Hey man, go get some help. Come on back when you're ready to go. And, uh, let's make some money together. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching from the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. On the Christmas Eve Raw, we see the debut of uh, Billy and Chuck with the bleach blonde hair, and their tag team comes together. We all know where it's going, but what was the original plan? I mean, there's no way you guys had like the big reveal with the wedding and Eric Bischoff and all that right away, right? Oh God, no. But, um, you look at Billy and Chuck both. Oh my God. If you, if you were going to chisel, you know, what your superstar was going to look like, you're going to chisel Billy and Chuck, both great physiques, both good looking guys and both could go. I, I think, um, you know, Chuck was a little green still, but a nicer guy that you, you would want to help. And, Originally, yeah, putting them together. Did we have the wedding planned at that point? Uh, no, we did not. But putting them together and coming out with something crazy was definitely in the plans. Um, Stephanie McMahon would appear at the uh, Christmas party and try to weasel her way back into the company. I guess it's just a matter of time before we put her back on TV. Of course, she's gone bye-bye because the whole um, invasion thing, she was leading the invasion, but she was too good of a television performer to not be able to find a spot. Right. Or was it, so is this creative pushing for her to come back or, uh, did she just really miss it? And she want to find a way to get back on. No, it was definitely creative from the standpoint of you looking at talent that you have access to and looking for good talent. This was a way to kind of introduce her back and just, it's always good to have a plus players in the lineup. No doubt. Uh, Maven is going to work with Booker, which, uh, helps because it's a taped draw. Uh, Maven as a reminder has just won tough enough and now fans want to see him on TV and we're going to try to give them what they want. And thankfully he's going to have some pretty talented guys to get to work with. What were your impressions of Maven? At least at first, when you first saw what he was doing on tough enough, and then you could actually see what he was capable of inside a WWE ring and a live audience. 
I liked Maven, and I think that Maven kind of reminded me almost of a of a young Ricky Steamboat, as crazy as that sounds. And by that, I mean in his comeback, he had a good, fiery, um, realistic-looking comeback. And he was fresh. So why not, man? If you you know, let's go with something. He was fresh off of Tough Enough. He was a fresh face on the show. And he had ability, man. He had talent. Uh, May Young is going to close out the Christmas party by stripping. And the only people that are remaining are Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe, who are here dressed as elves and Vince McMahon. How much fun did Vince have with May with, uh, Jerry and, and Pat here? Well, being able to do it on screen is, is even better, uh, because May was absolutely to me, one of the greatest talents of all time. Because, especially in her elder years, if you will, uh, she was great. But you listen to stories of Mae Young in her prime and just some of the crazy things that she did where she was so ahead of her time. I showed a picture of a, a very young Johnny Mae Young to someone the other day. And they were like, oh, my God, who's that? She's beautiful. <laughs> That's May. May was hot. May was beautiful uh, when she was young, and she was beautiful when she was old, too. But it was like, here was what seemingly was portrayed as a, a somewhat crazy geriatric. Um, May was on top of her shit and tough as nails, but God, working with her every night, please give me a May Young every night. She was so much fun to work with, and Everyone that had the privilege of working with her, I think, would share that same exact thought. So let's talk about uh, Austin. He's going to run in, and Vince is going to powder. Briscoe's going to end up in the punch bowl, and Patterson is forced to look up May's crotch, which uh, supposedly doesn't have any underwear covering it. Is this Brian writing this? Uh, I mean, I know Vince is loving it. Oh, but... please. This is Vince going, God damn. What if we did this? <laughs> um, no, th this is, cl this is classic in the moment. Um, let's go have fun. And in the moment, sometimes on, on a lot of this shit, people think, oh, you know, write every single thing Man, in the moment is where most of the best stuff is created. Uh, Jericho wins in the main event. It's a three-way over the rock and Kurt angle in Miami, which is a big deal. You're only a couple weeks into Jericho's reign. How does Vince think it's going at this point? Great. It's, is, it's, I mean, Jericho's proven to be person. Come on, man. The guy can work. The guy can talk and, and was able to hang with pretty much everybody on the roster. Is it more difficult to book for a heel champion compared to a babyface champion or vice versa? I think it really depends on the talent. For example, um, Hogan was easy to book for. You, you needed big monsters that uh, he could overcome. I think that when you look at uh, a Ric Flair as a champion or um, trying to think of another of another heel champion, you know, back in the day, um, you know, Hunter, it, it's. Harley the race face chase. You know, I look at Hunter. I look at rock even as a heel champion where you had Austin chasing. Um, 
was that was easy, but I, I just think it depends on the talent. It depends on what talent you have, what babyface can rebound after not getting the championship for a heel. I think it's a lot easier. You know, I know something about you. I know why you listen to this podcast. You listen to this podcast because you grew up watching wrestling and you probably grew up eating sugary cereal. Lord knows I did because man, on a Saturday morning, there was nothing better than plopping down with a big bowl of uh, my favorite cereal and turning on superstars and then checking out what was going on on those WCW syndicated shows. Saturday was all about professional wrestling and cereal. Now here's the thing. Eventually we all sort of grow out of it. Hell, I even grew out of wrestling for a little bit. But I had to eventually give up cereal as well until Magic Spoon. You see, Magic Spoon made me realize that I don't have to necessarily give up one of my favorite snacks, one of my favorite little guilty pleasures, and I don't have to feel so guilty when I enjoy Magic Spoon. It's not full of sugar. It has zero grams of sugar. It has 13 to 14 grams of protein and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. In fact, Magic Spoon only has 140 calories per serving, and check this out. It's keto friendly. It's gluten free. It's grain free. It's soy free. It's low carb and it's GMO free, but it's not taste free. You can build your own box and get a variety pack available with flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, and cinnamon. Now our old pal, double J he's a big frosted fan. The evil genius, Dave Silva. He loves to combine cocoa and peanut butter. It tastes just like a peanut butter cup. There's something for everybody in this variety pack. You got to try it for yourself. Go to magicspoon.com forward slash wrestle and grab your delicious cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code wrestle at checkout and you'll save $5 off your order. And magic spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, get your next bowl of delicious guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash wrestle and use the promo code wrestle to save $5 off. Thanks magic spoon for sponsoring this episode and an awesome breakfast. That's actually good for us. It's magicspoon.com slash wrestle. Hey, real quick. It'll just take 30 seconds. Go to conradreviews.com. I know what you're thinking. You hear my commercials where I can help you save money at savewithconrad.com. And you think that's too good to be true. We've got over 500 reviews. We're averaging a 4.69 review. And it's all because we know how to make saving money fast and easy. Don't take my word for it. Check out the reviews from all over the country for yourself. And then find out how much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Savewithconrad.com. John Tenta gets a dark match at the SmackDown tapings. And, uh, we have a ton of people here on the roster. Um, and I'm just wondering why was John getting to look? I'm glad he did. I just recently saw a picture of this. He was wearing his old earthquake gear and him being at a show in this era feels weird, but I love John. And I know you did too. Uh, did you just have a spot for a big guy or what's the thinking in? Hey, let's, let's give him a look. It was, let's give him a look. And it was out of, it was more out of respect to John and hoping that maybe there was something there for him. And, you know, John, I think John had lost a lot of weight at this point. So it wasn't the giant earthquake that was before. Regardless, John was always a big man. Even, you know, unfortunately, when I saw John in the middle of, 
uh, his treatments in Houston at, at MD Anderson. Um, he had lost a great deal of weight, but he was still a big man. Right. So um, I think it was just a favor to John, and let's let's see if there's anything there. Uh, I should also mention uh, Test, who had been trying to do a bit of a feud with The Rock, seems to disappear, uh, or at least that feud does. Now he's putting over Hurricane on Heat, and Rikishi's going to interfere. Obviously, we love Hurricane. What's up with that? But it is interesting when you're working with The Rock on the main show, and then you're losing Hurricane on Heat. Was te- what did Tess do to fall out of favor? Or was it simply, hey, we tried it. It didn't get over. We're going to try something else. I don't know if Tess did anything specifically. The audience reaction, whether they're buying it or not. Hey, give me that again. Your internet's not, cutting move out. On, change direction. Okay. Uh, Flair does a deep. your internet. So Flair does a deep dive in history on a promo where he's talking about how Vince almost fired him. Uh, at WrestleMania 92 at the Hoosier dome. And the story is that flair knew it was a big match. And even though the WWF had a no blood policy, he did it anyway. And Vince almost fired him and Meltzer speculates with this type of promo that Heyman probably had something to do with the creative on this show. How would all of that get put together? Do you remember this where we're sort of pulling back the curtain and talking about the wrestling business here? I think that, you know, the, the whole idea behind the Vince and flair program was kind of behind the scenes business because you were talking about two general managers and you were talking about two people that had part ownership in the company. So to go there, I think made sense. I have no idea if Paul had anything to do with that or not. So Meltzer has this to say. What was interesting politically is seeing flair who has to rescind his career in the interview saying that all those times he said the NWA title was the real world title that he was lying. And he always knew the WWF was the place to be always knew he'd gotten back for doing that promo in the final Panama uh, beat show where he said WCW was always number one. This feels like splitting hairs. Of course. Rick Flair is going to say the promotion he works for right now is the number one promotion. They're the only one that survived, right? They weren't. I think every, every time that Rick has ever been with anybody that was paying him, he would say that they were the number one. <clears throat> Cause that's kind of what you're supposed to do. Just saying, um, Vince versus Flair is now set for the Royal rumble. The card is starting to take some shape. We sort of joked about it earlier that, Oh, Rick, you'll never wrestle. We just want you to do this or that blah, blah, blah. Was Rick nervous about getting back in the ring? I only bring this up because the last time we saw him wrestle, it was against sting at that last nitro, what we referenced and he wrestled in a t-shirt because he didn't feel like he was, I think the term he used is a cosmetic nightmare. And now you got to wrestle again and it's on pay-per-view and it's against Vince. Was he up for it? I think he was up for it, but I do think he was nervous. And and I think any time that Rick uh, does anything. I think Rick is nervous. Uh, Rick will make himself a nervous wreck, but at the same time, and during this time, I'm not sure that Rick had the confidence in, in, in himself. Yeah. And he had been through a lot at WCW and, and had a lot of self doubt, but I don't think that there was any doubt in anybody else's mind. And it was just get back on the bike and go You're fucking Ric Flair go. And, um, I think he was nervous, but I think that he also understood 
this was not Rick, you don't have to go 60 minutes to make somebody. Yeah. This is an attraction. Go be an attraction. And that eased his mind a little bit, but um, you know, Rick's a pro, and if you're not nervous, you're not doing it right. Uh, I want to mention, uh, Chris Jericho does a poolside promo here. That's described by Meltzer as being the first time he feels like he's come across on TV, like a world champion. Uh, do you remember the moment when you were watching Chris, where you felt like there was a transition and you could say, okay, now he's the world champion. Now I believe it. Now I buy it. The triple threat when he held the undisputed championship up. There you go. To me, that was the moment. Uh, Booker and boss man take on Austin in a handicap match for the main event and boss man doesn't look great. Uh, which you sort of alluded to earlier, and maybe this is a sign that he's not ready for the the main event picture, but old Kevin Nash is his contract with Turner is going to expire at the end of the year. So on December 31st, he's done and it's reported everywhere that he's going to be signing with the company and we've covered the NWO coming back into the WWF here in the archives, but. Were you personally looking forward to working with Kevin again? Not really. Okay. Um, yeah, not really. Uh, it was, I'm not sure that, uh, many people were. So the, the, the last time, you know, was, I think looking at Kev at that point was Kevin and Scott were the beginning of, of the change and, and we're more associated with WCW at that point. And I think that Kevin had left a bit of a bad taste. Uh, but again, you know, in this business, man, you can leave a bad taste. You can have a bad night and we're human beings and to, to hold grudges and shit and, and, Oh, well, this guy was an asshole. People change, but, Honestly, first impressions. No, I wasn't excited about working with Kevin again. Part of me was thinking of different things we could do with him. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, my initial reaction was okay. It's reported in the observer that along with Nash, you're also talking to hall Hogan and even Ray Mysterio. Supposedly negotiations are getting pretty deep on all these guys. So you're talking about adding a lot of high end talent. Is this all motivated by the goal of creating this brand split? I think it was more at this point, looking at WrestleMania and, and having some different big attractions, but still within our genre, not going, having to go outside to the entertainment world. And that's more what it was driven. So let's talk about SmackDown on January 3rd from DC. We would see the rock beat Booker to become the number one contender. So he'll be taking on Jericho for the title. I guess Jericho and rocks chemistry, even back to Jericho's debut made that sort of a no brainer, right? Absolutely. And you know, people were digging it. So it was a lot of fun and, and both guys just, they, they had chemistry and, and they gelled. Triple H returns uh, to the World Wrestling Federation on January 7th at Madison Square Garden. It's one of the biggest pops of all time. Bruce, you were in the building. You're in Gorilla. I mean, there was a fucking rumble. Uh, it was a it was a major moment to say the least. Let's let's take a listen. Oh! They are! Into that! 
you get the gist. It's a 10 minute segment. My God, what a reaction. Brilliant call by Jr. and the King to just lay out and let that moment breathe. The crowd was ready for it, man. You guys had teased this for a long time with lots of, uh, really, uh, emotional videos and training videos and, and now he's back and boy, what a reaction and what a look too. a leather jacket with a jean, a denim jacket over it. Uh, what do you remember about that moment and that pop when he came back? Well, I, I actually was not a gorilla. I actually was in the audience and I was, I was right on the side bomb and love to do that. I love to go out and, and feel the audience, man, be in the middle of the audience and you, and you feel the reaction and it's not just hearing it. It's actually feeling it. And it was a goosebump moment. It was a goosebump moment, feeling good for him, but also looking at it going, okay, man, everybody's ready. And they were ready for it. And it was nice to have that level of talent back. The whole video that people still talk about, I think there was a desire video. I know the beautiful day, the YouTube video, boy, people just went bananas over that. Do you know any idea who would have helped put that together? Is that Sahadi? Is that Chambers? Nah, I think Sahadi was gone by that point. Probably Chris Chambers, Adam Panucci. I have no idea, but the guys in the studio do amazing work. It really is. And what a moment this is. I mean, is this, you know, as far as being in the crowd and seeing it happen, I know you were lucky enough to see the Hogan rock thing. Is this top five? Do you think that you saw in the crowd? Yeah, definitely up there because it was just, it was, it was electric and it was, oh my God, it was, um, it'd been gone for a while and, and the audience wanted it. Let me ask this creatively, you know, when he left, he was a heel, you know, that was the idea. Everybody remembers that big tag match. Him and Austin were a tag team and they were bad guys taking on the, the, the Jericho and, and Benoit tag team. But now when he comes back like this and we've seen this video and even if he was a heel, we as wrestling fans, well, we know that, but we really like him and we respect him. So it's natural that you're going to cheer because he's a big star. How does that affect your creative? Like, do you want him to be a heel, but the fans, you know, the fans won't accept it right away. So he's got to come back as a baby face or did he want to be a baby face? We wanted him to be a baby face. And when you started, you know, it was a situation you started the, the whole comeback video, everything he overcame, look at it. Yeah. You, you had to admire it. You had to respect it. So there was, I don't think that you could have done anything. He couldn't have come back as a heel at that point. He'd overcome too much. Well, boys fall is here and we could all use a stiff breeze. You know, the deal. This episode is sponsored by blue chew guys. Confidence can take you far in life, but it can also help in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. Well, that's where blue chew comes in. You see, blue chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, the process is simple. You sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluechew's tablets are made right here in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package. 
And guys, we hear from the ladies all the time. There's nothing sexier than confidence. Well, Blue Chew can help you get that confidence when it really counts. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Listen up. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code WRESTLE at checkout. Just pay the $5 shipping. That's right. BlueChew.com with the promo code WRESTLE and you'll receive your very first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring today's podcast. So by now you've gathered that Bruce and I recorded today's episode on Thanksgiving. That's how dedicated we are to you guys. But my experience today was a little weird on Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm actually, uh, usually a light sleeper and I would sleep, I don't know, five or six hours a night. And I would wake up super early, almost like a kid on Christmas, except instead of looking for Santa Claus, I was looking for the grill. I had to get that Turkey started. This year was different, buddy. I was reaching for alarm clock, slapping stuff. Uh, and I woke up and was like, Hey, what's going on? Thanks. Chili sleep. I'm sleeping better than ever. Now I've known for a long time. The life hack was I sleep better when I'm cooler. So whenever I would go to a, a hotel room or right before I go to bed, I crank down that AC Bischoff once visited and said, dude, you can hang meat in here at night. I just knew I slept better. What I didn't know is that science actually backs that up. By lowering your core body temperature, you're going to restore your testosterone levels, repair your muscles after a hard day's work, and improve your cognitive function so you always start your day feeling sharp and alert. That's the technical way of explaining it. I just knew, hey man, I sleep better when I'm cool. Chili Sleep makes climate-controlled solutions that help you improve your entire well-being. I'm living proof of that. I have a couch in my office and I used to take a little cat nap in the afternoons, you know, just five, 10, 15 minutes would be all I needed to power through the day. I don't need that at all anymore. I used to convince myself that this was some sort of life hack to take a brief nap. No, the life hack is sleep better at night. Like you're supposed to. And I'm doing that now. Thanks to the Uller. That's what I have. They also make a cube sleep system. Either way, they're hydro-powered, temperature-controlled mattress toppers. So this fits over your existing mattress and provides you your ideal sleep temperature. Let me explain. You put this dude over your mattress. There's a little hose that hooks up to a gimmick on your nightstand. You're going to turn it on, pair it with your phone. That's right. There's an app for that. And now in your phone, buddy, it's like a remote control for the temperature of your bed. Doesn't get any cooler than that. Not only that, though, you can actually automate stuff. Like Megan likes to climb into a warm bed, but she doesn't want to wake up all hot and sweaty. So she goes to bed to a warm bed and two hours later, it starts cooling her off. Think about that. Tony Schiavone told me he sets his to over a hundred degrees in the winter. And then, you know, in the middle of the night, it starts to crank down. So he doesn't get all hot and sweaty, but then you can do the warm up to wake up. But what's great is Megan and I have different settings, right? I want to get into a cool bed. She wants to get into a warm bed. No problem. How cool is that? These luxury mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep, whether you sleep hot or cold. The sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep and stay asleep and give you the confidence and energy you need to power through your day. For an extra layer of comfort, they also make the chilly blanket, which is the only weighted blanket that can also be paired with a control unit for the ultimate sweat-free sleep. Guys, I am sleeping better than ever. Instead of five or six hours a night, I'm doing seven, eight, nine hours. And I feel like I'm more productive. I know I'm more productive. I have more energy through the day. I'm accomplishing more. I'm taking on more tasks. Megan's probably annoyed about that. But the point is she's sleeping better too. She wears one of those gimmick bracelets that tells you how many disturbances you had through the night. Prior to chili sleep, she was at like 12 a night. 
with Chili Sleep, she's down to two. I don't have to tell you, she's sleeping a lot better. She's happier. She's feeling better. She's more productive. And she actually works out every morning and she finds herself getting her personal best almost every single day. She credits a lot of that to Chili Sleep because she's getting restorative sleep. So she doesn't need as much time in recovery. Chili Sleep really helps with that, man. Head over to chilisleep.com forward slash wrestle to learn more and check out a special offer available exclusively for something to wrestle with listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili C H I L I sleep.com slash wrestle. Take advantage of this exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. Listen, I know it seems like a gimmick. I understand it's hard to wrap your head around seeing is believing. Just go look at it. I believe in this. This is a non-negotiable in my life now. For the rest of my life, I'm going to have like bidets or washlets. I'm going to have wet wipes. I'm going to have a chilly sleep. I'm going to have water and diet. So there's a lot of things in my life that are just going to be there forever. Chilly sleep is one of them. I have more than one now for personal use. That's right. I have a travel one. Go look at this and just seeing is believing. Uh, It's chillysleep.com forward slash wrestle. Just look at it. It'll make sense when you do chillysleep.com forward slash wrestle. The show did a 4.93 rating, which is the highest rating since August 20th. Uh, so that was even pre nine 11. And of course, Hunter is going to announce that he's back for the rumble. And then he's going to get interrupted by angle saying, you know, triple H you were out for eight months with a torn quad, but I want a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. The show ends with a brawl and Hunter standing tall with the pedigree kind of the perfect return here. Is it not? Yeah, I thought so. I thought it was, you know, it fit the moment. Yes. And, and everything, you know, was that there was a need for it. And I think it fit the moment big time. Also on this, uh, show, uh, Vince is going to open it by mocking flair and winds up busting him open with a lead pipe and flair gets the crimson mask. But this is where we would see Vince do the strut and put the wig on and put one of flair's robes on. Vince was loving this shit. Was he not? He's having a blast. Yeah. Cause I think if Vince had been a worker back in the day, he would have been Ric Flair. Oh, well, there you hey, go. Rick was just doing Vince. <laughs> uh, Taz and spike are going to beat the Dudleys for the tag titles, which has to be a big deal for these four guys because we're in Madison square garden, old ECW guys. Uh, what'd you think of that tag team Taz and spike? I've. Just kind of was what it was the next night. Okay. It's announced that, uh, we're going to have some big returns for the Royal rumble Val Venus, Godfather, gold dust, and Mr. Perfect. Of course, at the time, Venus and Godfather are here under contract with the company, but Dustin and Kurt were not, uh, what's the thinking in bringing them back? I mean, this is Kurt's return after really leaving on some pretty bad terms in 1996. How does all that heat get squashed and how does that deal get put back together? You know, I, I it's funny. The heat gets squashed. I, time. And and I think that people believe that everybody holds grudges for forever. And my God, if you did something, you're you're fucking hated forever and, and I'm gonna remember it forever. It's not how it works. It's business. And you look at things people from outside that can come in and compliment the rumble that people would like to see from a nostalgia point of view. And it's, it's a little different. So it gets people talking a little bit, but, um, I don't think Kurt and heat and anything like that at the time were people not happy. Sure. But 
God, what was it? Eight years later, six years later, who cares? I only bring it up because it was mentioned in the observer that the company actually had to go through the XWF to book Kurt because I guess he had a contract there. Um, it was supposed to be a one-time deal. Is that the way you remember it? Obviously it worked out to be more. Yeah, it was. I mean, both, both Dustin and Kurt were just one-time deals for the, for the rumble. Uh, it's reported, uh, as well that quote, if either got a great reaction or did well, it's not unlikely they'd be offered a spot, but I'd be hesitant on Runnels who hasn't shown anything on in years. Hmm. Boy, that didn't age well. Did it? Mm, no, sure didn't. On the uh, SmackDown tapings, we would see Sergeant Slaughter team with Taz in a dark match to take on the Dudleys. Uh, what the fuck is that? Sergeant Slaughter and Taz. Sergeant Goddamn Slaughter. <laughs> GI fucking Joe. What the fuck do you mean? Okay. He's Sergeant Slaughter, damn it. Stephanie comes. Maggot. Damn it, you motherfucker. Hang on. Go back and erase that, and you start to say something, then I'm going to say, Maggot. Okay. Continue <clears throat> on. Fuck. Stephanie does an interview talking about how she takes all the credit for Triple H's success. Stephanie has to be the heel for this, but. She's the one who's getting heat and still hasn't been shown with Hunter is Vince heavily involved in all of this. I mean, it is a, a cute way to associate them, I suppose. And we know where it's leading with her and Jericho, but how does that come to be? How's this the creative we land on? I don't think it's easy. Stephanie's a natural heel. Why not? So <laughs> speaking of why not, this is from the observer. They do a vignette where Rikishi is taking a dump. While Booker is in the bathroom, Booker sprays deodorant on him to set up a match. Rock and RVD beat Jericho and Tess when Rock used the sharpshooter on Jericho to set up their title match. Then, if that wasn't enough toilet humor for one show, Rikishi gave Booker the stink face. Booker vomited on cue all over Cole. Cole then vomited as well and left the announcing position. Ross replaced Cole as an announcer. Uh,. Tell me this is a Vince McMahon angle without telling me this is a Vince McMahon angle. It's great shit. <laughs> I love great the vomit too. I think uh, Michael Cole's vomit, Michael Cole's vomit was like fucking on cue. Like he vomited. That was awesome. Where did you get, uh, where'd you, you get, write that shit? Where'd you get the vomit? Uh, vomit and shit are us. It's they, 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 it's like when there's a taco bell and a KFC, like when you see those like combo drive throughs, right? That's what it looks like. Vomit and shit. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything wherever you listen. You know, and, and I shouldn't be talking about this because it's current stuff, but I, I did just have a conversation with Johnny Knoxville. You like that name, Brock? About just why is it that shit is just funny? Because I was watching Jackass 3 the other day, and the, the scene with Steve-O where he goes up in the porta potty full of poo-poo, and there's just a lot of poo-poo uh, comedy in there, and it's just I laugh because Kaka's funny. Wow. So many different names I came up with defecation in that. A lot. Used a lot. Yeah. Broad spectrum, Conrad. Broad spectrum here. So uh, before the rumble, it's confirmed that Hall, Nash, and Hogan are all coming in. And uh, Rock is in and out of TVs once 2002 begins because he's away doing shoots for the Scorpion King. How frustrating is that? We got Rock. We don't. We got Rock. We don't. Well, that's life. That's business. So, you know, we knew we, we were prepared for it. Well, I'd like to have had rock all the time every week. Hell yeah. Even today. Why not? Even today. Why not? Shit. I think, you know what? I think that kid might get over at some point. Yeah. Maybe y'all could rub him up a little bit, put him on TV and let people know about his talents. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it's a it's a secret. It this, is this guy. <laughs> um, you know, maybe one day that everybody'll know his name. Maybe so. What do you think? I mean, I know he ha- he is the most followed man in North America on Instagram, but I don't hear people saying that yeah. about his Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe you guys can help him get those numbers up. I mean, may- you know what? Maybe I'll do a movie or, or do some projects. Maybe so. Uh, let's mention the go yeah, home. I wear, I wear his, I wear his damn workout pants when I work out, Conrad. Did I tell you I've been working out? You've mentioned it seven times on the show so far. Only seven. Okay. Well, I'll we got to get those numbers up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you want to talk about a peek behind the curtain? I love Shopify. And if you're, um, not familiar, let me bring you up to speed on what it is. I love that sound. It just makes me smile. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify. The all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like myself the resources that seemingly were once reserved for just big business. But now this is customized for my needs with a great-looking online store that brings my idea to life. And we also have tools to manage my day-by-day and drive sales. You've seen this whenever you go to one of our merch stores. Buddy, it's all Shopify. Making your idea real opens endless opportunities. It's a journey, but that's the beauty of entrepreneurship. And believe me, as this podcast started, we weren't exactly sure, hey man, do we need to manufacture all of this stuff and then warehouse it and ship it? Buddy, Shopify changed it all for us. And now Shopify powers over 1.7 million entrepreneurs just like me, from first sale to full scale. And every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their very first sale on Shopify. How about that? Get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. 
You'll access powerful tools to help you find customers, drop sales, and manage your day-to-day. You'll gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash wrestle, that's all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash wrestle right now. That's shopify.com slash wrestle right now. You'll be glad you did. No matter how the last game went, anytime you take the field, you've got a shot at greatness. Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed. Indeed is a fast, simple way to make sure you're hiring MVPs. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And by the way, Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description. You can invite them to apply right away, and you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. This has been something we've been doing for a long time. Everybody at First Family Mortgage knows about Indeed. And it's because Indeed makes it easy to hire great talent. According to Comscore, Indeed is the number one job site in the world. And Indeed delivers four times more hires than all the other job sites combined. That's all according to Talent Nest in 2019. So join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring right now with a $75 job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash wrestle. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to indeed.com slash wrestle to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. That's indeed.com slash wrestle. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. So the go home raw opens with flair announcing he's making him and Vince a street fight, which I guess makes sense. We need some smoke and mirrors. It turns into Jericho coming out, brawling with flair. And then Vince is going to attack flair and leave him bloody again. A lot of flair being bloody here. Uh, Jericho Christian and Lance storm are going to make fun of Texas. And somehow this leads to Bradshaw defending Texas as honor since they're in Dallas. And well, he's a country boy. So it's going to be Jericho storm and Christian taking on the APA and Rikishi. Probably not what you're thinking for the main event of raw and a go home show, but uh, here we are. It's also the first time we see Stephanie and Hunter back together. Uh, and it seems that Hunter is annoyed by Stephanie. Deborah and Stephanie are in the back arguing over whose husband is going to win. And then all of a sudden, both of them start smacking each other. And I mean, really laying it in here. This is uh, some fun stuff. Who enjoyed it more? Deborah, Stephanie, or Vince? Me. <laughs> Uh, that's true too, by the way, because I actually produced that and that was fun. Um, two awesome pros there, man, that went for it. Not just, I love that shit when, when you feel it, uh, jazz is going to beat Jackie to earn a shot at Trish at the rumble, uh, for the women's title. 
Uh, jazz is somebody we don't spend a lot of time talking about, but boy, once the bell rang, she was a quite the performer, probably an upgrade at times for that division in this era. Right? Yeah. I think jazz was an incredible, awesome talent that just, you know, could go. And then the show uh, goes home with Hunter in the ring and Austin comes out and they brawl and then Taker comes out and Taker stands tall over both. Uh, the plan is, is obviously Hunter, but was there ever any consideration for anyone else to win this 2002 Royal rumble? Or did you just know based on the return and the timing of all that, it's gotta be him. I mean, you always have an A, B and a C, but, uh, you know, that's the plan. So the go home SmackDown is in Louisiana. TDP is going to beat boss man to be reinstated in the company. I want uh, you to name where it was in Louisiana. Bossy air city. No, God damn you fucking hillbilly. Bossier city. Okay. Bossier. Is that other word you screw up all the time? Quang. Quang. <laughs> Thank you for that. God damn. Quang. <laughs> Well, uh, Quang, is it not Quang? Yes, it was Quang. That's what you I said. Him Quang. Yeah, and I said Bozier City, Louisiana. What are you talking about? Yeah, Bossier. Buddy, when you ask me to mispronounce something, I fucking hit it every time. Yeah, but you weren't mis you weren't mispronouncing it in your own head. You were thought thinking it was real. The main event of SmackDown. I'm just putting words together at this point. It's been five hours. My energy's wearing off. Oh, you better chug the rest of that purple shit. So the main event. No more. Well, yell to Stephanie. You You can't do too much of that one day, Conrad. I'm just saying. You had two bottles. Before we recorded, you peeled up two glasses of the shit. Yeah, but now, see, now I'm down to this. Okay. So you've chugged both of those. Oh, yeah. So you got a pee pee right now. Not at all. So the main event of SmackDown, and this is really what happened is Austin and triple H teaming up to beat Booker and angle triple H's first match back is on a taped SmackDown go home show before the rumble. The observer would say the fact he wrestled for free on SmackDown is nothing short of mind boggling. Actually, if you look at the economics, they are becoming ratings marks in 2000, when Austin returned after neck surgery for his first appearances, his first angle advertised in advance on pay-per-view drew 630,000 buys. The company was doing about 420,000 on average for non-major pay-per-views without something major like an Austin return. So his return was worth $2.64 million in extra revenue. His first match was saved for the next month on pay-per-view and it did 550,000 at another B show or another 1.56 million. So the company added an extra 4.2 for Austin's return. Triple H's first appearance was put on TV and in some ways, even way more hype. Let's say boosted the rating from 4.0 to 4.93, which I guess could be worth around a hundred grand in additional advertising revenue. If we are nice and say his first match, both SmackDown from 4.3 from its 3.9 average, it's worth about $57,000. That is probably the most idiotic paragraph you've ever read in your life. Let's, let's, let's hear you expand on it. Well, it's idiotic. Again, you're in a television and entertainment business. You're not just in the pay-per-view business. You're in an overall business to build things. And that 
helps build to the pay-per-view. And you know what? I think it worked out all right in the end for uh, rights fees. And we were still getting rights fees at that time. So, again, this comes from a person that has oh, never God. actually run a business oh, God. or actually had to do go. something in business to be profitable or to think long term and actually <sighs> do it. Instead, he likes to critique afterwards with inconsequential bullshit that's in his head only. Okay. Here's my question. Do you think he has at least some point to... Hey, maybe we should have saved him for the pay-per-view triple H or, or would you rather see him on television to make you want to see him win the Royal rumble in a week's time? I'm just asking because when we talked about nitro once about giving away Hogan and, uh, Hogan and Goldberg on TV, as opposed to pay-per-view, you had an aneurysm because that- it had no promotion. This had promotion. Okay. That didn't. So as a reminder, and I don't have aneurysms, damn it. The Royal Rumble. I'm not, two- I'm not any of your other, uh, 42, uh, casts of pod. I'm the calm one. I'm the funny one. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the talkative one. You're screaming at me. I'm the calm one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm Mr. Calm, cool and collected and shit. Have you heard Arn Anderson's podcast? Yeah, no. He he's the calm one. Is anybody else? I see. I teed that up for you. You did. Uh, I, you know where I did it from? I did it from Bossier City too. Ah, there you go. Yeah, Royal Rumble. You know, one. you know who? You know who I? Uh, uh, not Bossier was in Lafayette. Tell you one of the biggest thrills of my life. He was walking in a hallway in, in, uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. And it was a big, they had chairs on either side. It was like kind of a side hallway because they had all these connecting. It was a weird, weird deal in a, in a bomb. And I'm walking down the hallway and behind me, I hear someone say, Hey brother, love, how you doing? And I turn around and it was the snake Kenny Stabler with his grandson. And the fact that he knew who I was and I turned and I like just turned around to see who it was. I just thought it was, you know, one of the crew or something like that. And it was Kenny fucking Stabler. And I was like, oh, my God. I said, Mr. Stabler. Hey, how you doing, Bruce Pritchard? He goes, I know who you are. I said, well, I sure as hell know who you are, sir. And I said, man, I was such a fan when he was quarterback. Uh, Alabama. Just, well, Alabama, too. Yes. But Raiders. also, man. Yeah the Raiders and the Oilers and his bar was right by my house. Uh, Kenny Stabler's rattlesnake bar and, or, and it was just uh, fucking awesome, man, to actually meet him. And it was, that was kind of a big thrill that happened in Louisiana. It didn't happen in Bossier city <laughs> in, in Lafayette. There you go. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, so the Oh one Royal rumble, idiot. I'm sorry, but go ahead was made event by angle and triple H for the world title. And Austin won the Royal rumble from new Orleans. They had 17,137 fans there, 625,000 buys a year later. We're at the Phillips arena and we've got 16,107 fans, but the buys are up to 670,000. So this is one of the few pay-per-views from Oh two compared to Oh one that beat the prior year. How much of that do you put on Jericho? How much of that do you put on rock? How much of it do you put on flair? 
How much do you put on Triple H? I put it on everything. I put it on the entire promotion. I think we had a lot of interesting things going on at one time. And it was a good build, you know, to the Rumble and to Mania. I think it's a combination. I don't think it's any one thing. The show is one of the most well-received shows in the history of the Wrestling Observer. 94% of the readers gave the show a thumbs up. It's the 15th annual Royal now, come Rumble. Come on. It's usually when he likes shit, it's, it's everybody else. But anyway, when he doesn't like something, it's excellent. When he likes something, it's like, eh. You just got to burn your saddle about him today, don't you? Well, you're the one that put it in there. There's a joke in there somewhere. Meltzer even praised yeah. the show. He says the show seemed to signify at least a short-term philosophical change in booking and that common sense and long-term building seems to take precedence over unpredictability that goes nowhere. The show, as we said, uh, does a $859,690 at the gate, another 142 grand and change in merch. So over a million bucks, quite the day you're having here. Kind sir. I'll take those days every day. Uh, the first match out is a Taz and spike Dudley retaining their tag straps over the Dudleys in five minutes and six seconds. Meltzer would say there was nothing particularly wrong with the match other than it came off like a SmackDown match because of the time frame. Uh, the finish would see Stacy Keebler distract Taz cause well, everyone would be. And then Taz responded by choking her. Devon makes the save attacking Taz. And then Keebler takes a bump to the floor. Spike in attempting his Dudley dog is thrown over the top rope by Bubba. And while all of this is going on, Taz gets the Taz mission clean in the middle for the tap out. And Meltzer would say, I think most people were likely expecting a tag change here. Star and half. I agree. I was at this show. I think this was my second WWF pay-per-view I was able to attend. And, uh, I kind of thought the Dudleys would win here too. I guess it's nice every now and again to, uh, they think we're going left. Let's go. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, again, it's a little unpredictability in that. And as you say, just when you think we're going to turn right, we make a U-turn. Have you seen that, uh, Taz's son is uh, wrestling these days and using the Taz mission. Good for him. I think it's cool when we get a, a generational talent, uh, going. And I don't know that a lot of people uh, would have predicted that. So good for them. Uh, William Regal is out next and he's going to pin edge in nine minutes and 45 seconds to win the IC title. Nick Patrick is the referee, which Meltzer says sort of gives away a title change was coming. Patrick didn't play the heel ref early searching for, and even finding the knocks down Regal's trunks. And after a fly, uh, flying spin kick off the top rope, Regal pulls out a second set of knocks for the finish star and a quarter. Tell me about Nick Patrick. He's really a WCW referee, but now, even though the invasion angle is over, we're still keeping him around. what do you think of Nick? I always liked Nick. I thought Nick was a good referee and a, a even better guy, but, uh, I, I enjoyed Nick's work and, uh, I enjoyed, you know, Nick Patrick, the human being, man. He was, he was a good dude. He is a good dude. Everybody listening to this knows that edge and William Regal are two of the best wrestlers ever. I mean, just really tremendous performers, but for whatever reason, it never felt like their matches clicked. Like I thought they would just when you see their names on paper, 
Why do you think that uh, is? Again, I, again, it's different styles and being able to work to different styles. And people talk about, oh, they didn't have any chemistry or, or anything like that because it's it's fluid or all this shit. I love the quirkiness of Regal's work and mix up with Edge, and it did look different. It's different. Yeah, good. I agree. Here's something different. Trish is going to retain the women's title over jazz with Jackie as a referee in three minutes and 43 seconds. Meltzer would say seriously, way better than you'd ever imagine. Did some wrestling, some moves, some near falls before Stratus got the pin after a face buster star and a half. It's kind of unusual for Dave to compliment a match when it's this short, it's under four minutes, but it was still good. Did you think having Jackie in there added anything as her as the referee? I do. And actually one of the things that, uh, at least I was, uh, considering, you know, at the point was I love the idea of Jackie being a full-time referee. And I thought that was a, a pretty cool deal. I got to do it. Uh, you know, we did, we played with it here a little bit, but, um, I, I got to do it in TNA with, uh, Taryn Terrell. And I thought that was a, a fun way to introduce a talent. And, and it was different. It was just, you know, something, something cool at that time. Yes, absolutely. Jackie added to it, man. It, it just, it's one more element that meant something in the match and to make the match memorable and good. Do you think, uh, Jackie and jazz specifically were ahead of their time? I do, man. I thought that, uh, Jackie Moore revolutionized, uh, the business in many ways. You go back and look at her entry into the business, you know, through Tennessee and, and things she did in Texas. Jackie was very aggressive and very snug, but very safe and was a worker's worker in so many ways that she was snug and people believed her shit. So yeah, man, I think she's a trailblazer, but at the time she made her way. Next up, maybe the second most interesting thing on the whole show. Ric Flair is going to defeat Vince McMahon in 14 minutes and 55 seconds in a street fight. They really pushed Flair's daughter, Megan and son Reed, who is now almost Ooh. as tall as Rick at ringside with no angle, uh, to answer the big question. Yes. Flair wrestled in his trunks. Vince looked at least his arms delts and back. Like he was a few weeks from being ready to compete in an age group bodybuilding competition. The match was way better than it had any right to be with two guys over 50. One of whom is really just a pumped up backyard wrestler. Of course, the heat and juice and gimmicks helped, but it wasn't like it was bad at any point. Flair sold the first 11 minutes, including doing the face first bump and flip into the turnbuckles. Actually, Vince never took a flat back bump. Flair juiced early. Vince destroyed him and even got him in the figure four until Flair made a comeback. Flair used a low blow right before Vince went to hit him with a pipe. They brawled outside and Vince took a spill over the Spanish announce table. Flair clocked him with the TV monitor and Vince juiced Flair then ordered his daughter to shoot a photo of a bloody Vince earlier in the day. Vince had grabbed Megan Megan's camera to shoot a photo of Rick all bloody. He threw the camera back at her and she nearly dropped it. Flair got the pipe clocked Vince in the head and put him in the figure four and Vince sold it great before tapping to a pretty huge pop two and three quarter stars as a reminder. Flair is really like one of the 
the flag bears for Turner and, and TBS and, and WCW and the NWA in Atlanta, obviously was their home. And so now this is Flair's first match back wrestling and it's in Atlanta and he's got his family at ringside and there's blood on both sides. Atlanta ate this up, dude. What'd you think? Well, first of all, I don't think it's, it's fair to, uh, a pumped up backyard wrestler. I never thought of Ric Flair that way. <laughs> um, Every now and again, you know, I mean, I, I don't know that he was, he was nearly as pumped up as, as Vince. Oh, you missed the spot on the back of your arms. Let me get that, sir. Um, but I thought the match was great. I thought that they told a hell of a story. It was what it was and people loved it. And, uh, I mean, how great of a job did Megan do taking those photos too? Sham near dropped the camera, Conrad, but she didn't see, she was trying to give some drama to the story. She made a, it real. She's Actually, a worker. That, that was part of it. She, she was supposed to almost drop the camera. How, how do you remember that? Was that? My, that was, that was my input. How do you remember that coming to be? It's not like she just would have arbitrarily said, oh, I can't wait to be at TV or, or come see dad wrestle. Uh, is I this, they were just there. And, and the day of, we just threw it in. Yeah. It's fun. Is isn't it true that once upon a time, uh, they both had pictures hanging in their offices of this moment or somewhere. Like I, I've heard the story that this was framed. Uh, <laughs> what a cool little memento for, for Rick to have and Vince to have of each other bloody in each other's offices. That's fun. There you go. Um, the classic shot. Vince coming up from the apron, the big oh, reveal, yeah. the way it's shot. Was that planned ahead of time? Is that something y'all no, broke down? That's just beautiful fucking goddamn impromptu work. You said earlier, Rick was maybe his confidence wasn't where it should be. How was he feeling on the other side of this match? Oh, I think he was ecstatic on the other side. You know, he got through it. Awesome reaction. And, and it was everything that it could be. You know what I mean? It was. Sometimes Rick had, had an issue, you know, um, with being the Ric Flair that he thought that he was. And it was the audience just viewed him as Ric Flair, man. And to me, I think Rick could have, you know, could go out to the end of time and just still be Ric Flair. I mean, I think he plans to, well, there you go. Um, Coming up next, it's our world title match. Chris Jericho is our champ, and he's actually going to retain. He's going to beat The Rock in 18 minutes and 48 seconds. Meltzer had this to say. Somebody me- needs to make note of the fact that nobody, and The Rock means nobody in this business, as over as The Rock as a babyface in history, has ever done as many jobs as The Rock. This was their usual excellent match, well-paced, usual great build, you know, the story, but it takes a turn rockets, a DDT, but Nick Patrick refused to count. So rock is going to give Nick Patrick a rock bottom. Then he's going to give Jericho a spine buster and the people's elbow. But now we've got two referees down, uh, both, uh, Earl Hebner and Patrick have uh, fallen by the wayside here. So Jericho hits a low blow and then Rams rock into an unprotected turnbuckle, puts his feet on the ropes and Hebner groggily counts the fall. And Meltzer loved it, man. Gave it four and a quarter stars. This is the type of match that Jericho needed to cement himself as a tippy top guy. Beat the rock again on pay-per-view in a great match like this, right? I, 
Yes. And that's what, again, you know, you go back to the, to the beginning of Jericho's undisputed reign in being the victor of a three-way match with Austin and the rock that to me, that was the moment. And then here again, reinforcing that and being able to go out and have a fucking barn burner, you know, drop dead, great match. And that's a testament to the rock and to Jericho that could perform and, and own you by the end of the night, they did it and they did it every night. And it was, it was beautiful to watch. What do you think about Meltzer saying that nobody as over as the rock has ever done as many jobs as a baby face? Accurate, fair. I don't know if that's accurate or not. Like most of his shit is inaccurate, but, uh, oh, I think no. that rock was able to make people, uh, whether he was going over or losing. And that was the beauty. And that was how good of a worker and talent the rock is. Did you think rocks matches at times ever got redundant? Did, was, um, did he fall into being a routine man? I guess. No, I didn't because I think that he made a very conscious effort to make them different. Did he have his spots? Did he have his things that he did? Sure. He did. Absolutely. But I never ever, because there was so much in, in him that tried to make everything different each time. And I think if you were to watch them back to back, yeah, you're going to get the people's elbow. Yeah. You're going to get the spit punch. Yeah. You're going to get those things, but overall they were all different. And now it's time for our main event. The Royal rumble. We know the story. Hunter's going to return and get the win in 69 minutes and 22 seconds. Eventually we see the undertaker in there with the Hardys and uh, with the odds against him, the valiant heel veteran that he is undertaker, not only took the twist of fate, but the swanton bomb as well. And then when they did the poetry in motion, he catches Jeff throws him over the top at 1823 and he dumped Matt at 1854. Then Maven was in for the big spot of the match. Even before the spot, he got one of the biggest pops on the entire show. And uh, Meltzer says, imagine if they had done something with him when he was hot. Either way, the Hardys are going to attack the undertaker, even though they were eliminated and they're going to get booed in the process. Lita is going to distract the undertaker. who's cleaning house for like a fourth time. And then out of nowhere, Maven drop kicks the undertaker out at 20 minutes and 19 seconds. And Meltzer would say this was actually the biggest pop of the show. Undertaker then destroyed Maven with a hard chair shot to the head and dragged his lifeless carcass to the popcorn stand. Meltzer would write, Holy Tommy Rich, a young baby face getting over by carving up his forehead to garner sympathy. Undertaker took turns pounding a bloody Maven to death and eating popcorn. I was actually thinking that some people might actually think the Undertaker was putting Maven over because he went over the top rope before destroying him. The drop kick pop legitimately. My God, what a pop, what a moment. Nobody could have called it. How does that come? How does that come to be? Is that your call? Yeah. We're looking to do a spot with Maven and undertaker was like, well, we could do this and, uh, get out there. It was a moment. It was a moment in time where you're laying everything out. You're, you're getting to that point of the rumble and you want to have expected moments. You want to have moments that people will remember. And this was one of those moments. It was a big spot for Maven. It was an opportunity that just to put him in there with the undertaker wouldn't have worked, but a shock, a surprise, a holy shit moment. That was a holy shit moment. And again, a testament to the undertaker being able to take that moment 
And beating the living shit was the highlight of Maven's entire career. Right there, that night in Atlanta, that night up in the uh, concession stand in the lobby. Holy shit, it was a madhouse. People coming around us from every direction. And uh, it was insanity because, you know, we looked at different things to do and where you could do them. We wanted to take people away for a minute from the in-ring action. And and to go up and do that uh, was risky. Uh, security was an issue, but you know, we got it done and we had an escape route and, uh, it was absolutely hell getting to that point, just trying to keep people back. I don't think anyone really anticipated the number of people that came and, and it it got a little overwhelming for security at the time, but we, we got through it and got it done. I'm going to play the pop here. So just to remind you, undertakers eliminated both of the Hardys. But Undertaker is distracted by Lita. They both Hardys come in, double team him. Eventually, he gets the better of them. Here's the finish of that, and then the the whole Maven thing. Right. So get the rest of the men out of the ring. There went Jeff Hardy. Of course the undertaker climbs back in and the beating progresses, but dude, what a moment. Like I still think to this day, that's one of the biggest WrestleMania or or Royal rumble moments in history. Wouldn't you agree? I I would agree. And you know that I never, ever read, uh, the notes that you send me or whoever sends me, but I, I do have to point out in the notes, you didn't say it because you know that it's not true, but it's like, Oh my God, the drop kick and then undertaker kills Maven. Do you think this is why undertaker was getting a bad rap on the internet? Then fuck the internet on that kind of shit. Undertaker made Maven. Yes, he did. He made Maven. So I'll go back to, to my point. It was the biggest moment of Maven's career. And at that point in time that I don't, I don't know any other veteran that, that would have done that. And then again, by Maven getting his ass kicked by said veteran and said legend that made him, yes. that just goes to people that don't understand the business. Such a cool moment. And that's not the only cool moment we got. I want to talk about another one. I briefly want to mention Austin would throw out Christian Saturn, Palumbo, Val Venus and test. And then triple H came out. And it took him like 90 seconds to make it to the ring. He's got the big entrance and, uh, the people were even joking. Hey man, he might get lapped by the next guy. Ultimately they're going to trade a few punches. Of course they were tag team partners. The last time they were in the ring when, when the whole injury happened, tearing out the quad. So it's cool to see them facing off. And then all of a sudden stand back. There's a hurricane coming through hurricane going to choke slam. Both Austin and triple H at the same time is also one of the bigger moments in rumble history. Is it not? Absolutely. And he almost had him. 
<laughs> I, I thought for a minute, I, you know, I thought that Hurricane was going to fucking snatch each one of them and just simultaneously dump them over the top rope. But I think he, he had a shoelace that was loose, which caused that not to happen. Really such a fun moment where oh, it was awesome. he grabs them both by the throat and they just look at each other like, what the fuck is this? It was so great. Uh, is that a Brian spot or is that a hurricane yeah, call? It's just, that was something that we had in there. That was, you know, nice, a nice fun spot. Tremendous. Uh, of course, once hurricane gets thrown out because sadly, uh, he was not successful in the chokeslam attempt. These guys go back to pounding on each other. And then Farouk shows up and then Mr. Perfect is in next. Uh, eventually Kurt angle, who was getting what a lot of people thought was going to be maybe, uh, the final two spot here. He's out angle ultimately tosses out Austin all by his lonesome. And, uh, there's a big moment before and we mentioned, you know, Kurt's back and Goldust is back and all that, but there's the big moment where triple H has been eliminated or so they think. And of course he wasn't, he does the big pose, the big Hunter pose, and then makes the elimination Hunter wins 69 minutes and 22 seconds. Probably the longest match in the history of the WWF Meltzer would say, and he called it the best rumble in years and gave it three and a half stars. I think I would put like 90 97, still my favorite, maybe 92 second, but this might be my third favorite Royal rumble. Where does this one stack up for you? Oh, definitely top five. It was just so much fun. And there were so many, uh, little nuanced things in there that that made it fun. And, you know, you came out of the thing with the guy that you'd been building up for a while and in the rightful place. So it was, Oh, it was great shit, man. It made Jericho. It made Hunter. It made Maven, uh, flair returning and his old stomping grounds and, and having a tremendous issue match with Vince. Um, outstanding. It's one of those that, that you come off on a high from and was a lot of fun. The final four were Hunter, Angle, Austin, and Perfect. And as a reminder, the XWF has Perfect under contract, and they wanted him to be their champ. And he looked like a star here. He's put in the final four, so he's presented like the main event. And it feels like this is going to be a big resurgence for him. And we know ultimately it didn't happen. How excited were you at the end of the night about, man, Kurt looked like Kurt tonight. We got Mr. Perfect back. Well, it was nice to see. And again, that nostalgia is, is always great to see. It was, it was nice to see all the, the guys returning. It's, it's a nice nostalgia moment that people can go back. Go, oh, and you got to see so-and-so and people are like, they still wrestling. I, you know, I don't watch anymore, but by God, did you see that Kurt angle and that triple H return the other night? I mean, I don't watch no more, but you know, that kind of shit. So yeah, I thought it was great to have him back. Chat me up about where you are. Once the rumble is over, like, did you know already, Hey, we're going to go with Hunter and Jericho and we're going to put Stephanie with Jericho and we're going to go with rock Hogan, et cetera, et cetera. Did you have all that mapped out at this point for mania? Uh, no, we didn't have rock Hogan. We, we, we definitely had Hunter and Jericho and there was still a lot of debate as far as, uh, the NWO and what we were going to do there. So that really didn't pan out for a few weeks. 
Well, Royal rumble 2005 is going to be our topic next week. Uh, it's a pretty no- notable show because it's where Vince McMahon has to do a, uh, a bit of a run in. Is it Batista? Is it John Cena? I don't know. But what I know for sure is Vince ain't got no quads. January 30th, 2005 is the date of that one. We'll be talking about it next week. What a man, this is going to be a fun month. Royal rumble, Royal rumble, Royal rumble. Next week should be just as loaded. Uh, the participants are Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Daniel Pewter, hardcore Holly, the hurricane, Kenzo Suzuki, edge, Mysterio, uh, Shelton, Benjamin, Booker T, Chris Jericho, Luther Reigns, Muhammad Hassan, Orlando Jordan, Scotty too Charlie Haas, Renee Dupree, Simon Dean, Sean Michaels, Kurt Angle, Jonathan Coachman, Mark Jindrak, Viscera, Paul London, John Cena, Gene Snitsky, Kane, Batista, Christian, and Ric Flair. What a group, man. This should be a fun time next week. Talking all things rumble. Oh, <laughs> five. Yeah, but there's only one thing we're going to talk about by God. And we'll have fun doing it. Yes, we will. We'll be doing it this week, next week and every week. Sorry about the delay this week, but, uh, Oh, it ain't my fault. We'll see you next week for Royal Rumble 2005 right here on something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. What are you trying to say? It's my fault. Oh, it wasn't mine. I was ready. Oh, on mine. I mean, I was, you know, I was ready to go at four o'clock. What day? That day. What, what day is that? You know. Well, Bruce, uh, I appreciate you making time out of your busy schedule. I'm glad you're working out. I'm glad you got your mom jeans back. And, uh, I'm glad that we'll see you next week right here on something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. I threw, I threw the big mom jeans out though. The acid washed ones. Anyway, you, you going to hit me with a rock on or whatever. Okay. Rock on. Boy, that was a little la- half-ass lame-ass attempt right there. Well, I'm, I'm down to about 30 minutes of energy. Rock on. Hey, am I going to see you Friday? I don't know. I hope so. It depends on if, yeah, well, it depends on if I have a serious illness that is a mystery, a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I heard you got that mystery illness down in bossy air city. That's what yeah, I heard. There you go. That's what Quang told me. We'll see you next oh, well, week. <laughs> there you go. That was before I went to Lafayette. <laughs> the All ser- right, rock on the search for Booker T's penis continues right here on something oh else. What? That was funny. That wasn't his penis. I know it was clearly just where Austin had his elbow. His arm. It was, yeah, it was clearly Austin's arm. I love you for that. See you next week. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.